0: In a world searching for meaning and hope, there's a place where voices rise. Welcome to the Repurpose Podcast Network, your haven for podcasts that envelops the everyday lives of believers. Shows about relationships, news, sports, and so much more. With so much negative content defining the black experience, controlling the narrative is on the forefront. We amplify, elevate, empower black creators to share with the world their thoughts and ideas. Tune in and unlock a world of captivating content that entertains and uplifts the Repurpose Network. One message, many voices. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the James Taylor Jr. Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. James Taylor Jr., a.k.a. Just Boogie, a.k.a. whatever your a.k.a. is. Today, I have three beautiful, lovely, kind, phenomenal, excellent young ladies in the building. And we're going to have a tough conversation about relationships, about being a woman, specifically a black woman dealing with today's society. And I hope you enjoy it. So when I ask them these questions, pray for me. I might not make it out. Okay. All right. And there'll be some tough questions. But first and foremost, uh, my, uh, my right to the audience left, go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll just go around the room.
1: All right. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. I am Dr. Janelle Jones. I'm a TEDx speaker. I'm a therapist. I'm a coach and I'm an author.
2: Hey, y'all. I am Jasmine. You can follow me on TikTok with Journey with Jazz. Um, I am a senior financial counselor, um, excuse me, consultant to our help businesses and I help people with their personal finances. Super, super elated to be here. Can't wait
3: for the conversation.
0: Okay. All
3: right. Hey, y'all. It's Jada West. I'm a brand outfitter and an influencer. You can follow me on all my socials as it's Jada West. And I'm just ready for this conversation. And see what you got. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. I hope y'all know what y'all asking for. Uh, so let, let's just start out with um a tough conversation. Okay. Help me understand the flaw in somebody asking you what you bring to the table. Yeah, we we going there today. Look at that. I see how, see how the mood changed, the energy got negative, the vibes were low. But the reason why I asked that question, because I think it's a two-parter, because there's another part of men who are actually saying to themselves, how do I ask you about who you are and what you offer in a relationship? Because you still want to know. Absolutely. But I think right? the terminology has been co-opted to where it was negative, because it wasn't negative about five years ago. Matter of fact, not two years ago, one negative. Mm-hmm. But recently, it has become negative because one jerk—I mean, gentleman—took the word, said it nationally, and then it became a plague. Yeah. So y'all, tell me, it, it, what what does does that bother y'all? Okay, okay, does it bother you?
1: It does. Okay. I think
0: right.
1: it insinuates that, like, what do you offer? It's it's almost a low blow. Like there, like you said, there's ways to ask that question. Mm-hmm. You want to know the value you have, especially if like you're meeting someone. Now, if you've been Mm -hmm. with someone for five years and you don't know what they bring to the table, we got bigger issues. Mm -hmm. But if you're just meeting me and you're asking me, what do I bring? I think it's offensive, right? Mm -hmm. Get to know me or let's have an honest conversation about my value. When you ask me, what do I bring? I feel like it's devaluing me in a way that's negative or makes me feel like, you know, I'm coming with nothing or I want something from you. You know that I'm trying to get something from you and I'm only after you for for myself to bring me up to another level
2: It stresses me out <clears throat> um I think if you look at it and, and I always say life is about perspective, right I understand that time and and wasting time is a big part of that equation, right And I, so I feel like if y'all just come to you and say, "James, I like you, you look good, what you bring to the table. I'm immediately trying to get to the bread to, to the meat and the potatoes and you forget that I'm human, right? Mm. And you forget the element that this may be who I am, but you didn't ask me if I'm willing to change. You know what I mean? Mm. So if you say, hey, Jasmine, you look amazing today. Can I take you out to dinner? Mm. Or let's get a chance to talk. Let me know where your mind is. When you, I'm a a country girl, right? My grandma said, Mm. people will tell you exactly who they are if you just allow them to speak, right? Grace me the opportunity to show you who I am. We can talk about learning, we can talk about growth, because you might find out, it's some people that are like, I like exactly who I am and I ain't gonna change for nobody. But then you got people who are like, no, if it's going to make me better, allow myself the opportunity to make me better. And I think just saying, what do you bring to the table? It doesn't it doesn't give room for error or growth, which at the same time, it's if, if you ask me that question, I'm gonna ixnate you. Because you're just gonna accept me today and not want
3: better for me as my partner.
0: Okay.
3: Mm -hmm. I think for me, I just it just feels lazy. I think that's what bothers me the most about it, because I feel that like as you get to know people and as you build relationships with them, like you start to see the kind of people that they are, you know, like seeing their habits, seeing how they interact in different spaces. I feel like there's so many different things that you can do to get to learn someone and get to know who they are in a space where you can then assess if this is a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. If we work well together, like, I just think that there's so much, it almost feels like kind of like a sales pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me, give me X, Y, and Z about what it is that you can do for me or why this is worth my time. And I I guess like at, in this, at its essence, like I get what you're saying too, Mm Jazz. like you want to, you don't want to waste your time. You Mm -hmm. know, I guess like, you know, people are feeling like they've gone in these, horrible dates or they've been in these poor relationships. And so it's like, I ain't got time to waste. Like, you know, clock's ticking. Mm. But I just think that there are more effective ways to get that same information without it being so like cut and dry, Mm. I guess. Like I, cause I don't have a problem necessarily with wanting to know if this is a beneficial relationship for both of us, or if this is, if I'm a good fit for you, if there's anything that I can help you with, you know, like I don't mind that, but Just coming in it like that is kind of like you like you coming in real hot. You know, so that's why it personally like the I I think really the phrase of it is the problem. And then just the the scenarios in which it's presented, like I'm on a date and I'm talking to you and you're like, okay, so what you bring to the table? like Air, because I'm about to go, you know, (laughs) 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 I don't want nothing else, you know, so that's that's why it it bothers me.
0: You know? Yeah. So I think one of the things that men do want to have happen is be able to express uh, how they feel about the person and what they're looking for and to find out what you actually offer. Because at the end of the day, I do want to know what you bring to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I might not use the word table, but I am going to ask, what do you bring to the relationship? And so one, one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you guys is is, is it okay for a man to approach you? And if he does, how should it be done? Because right now, one of the biggest problems is high crime rate is when a man is approaching a woman at a gas station. So you can't do oh, that. I
2: I'll talk
0: about that. Yes. Right? So so how, how, how does this happen? Does it have to be just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that works. Your thoughts.
3: Mm. I can give an, a, a recent experience, actually. Okay. It worked out well. So I went to I went out to a concert and I went to the concert like on my own. I was just like, you know, single, just going to go to this concert because I want to go. And so I was kind of there just to enjoy myself. Like I wasn't really, you know, looking for anybody. Like I just wanted to be in the space. And so there was a young man that I met while I was out there, and we kind of like were just in like the same vicinity, you know, like we were standing in the same spot. And so you know, I introduced, we I don't remember who started at first, but we like introduced ourselves to one another and we started talking. And so from that, those conversations, you know, here and there in between songs, I wasn't going to miss the concert, y'all. But, Absolutely. you know, after we had those conversations, I was like, OK, well, you know. I'm really like enjoying this. We can, you know, go out from here. And so we went to like a restaurant that was in the area and we hung out and we had a good conversation. And so it kind of ended up being almost like, you know, like an impromptu date. And it was fun, you know, like I had a good time. And so I felt like in that scenario, um, I didn't feel like pressured or threatened or um, uncomfortable. And I think that for me, it he kind of like, I could tell that we were both, um, you know, interested to a certain extent. But he kind of allowed me to be the one to say it, which I thought was pretty cool. And so I was like, "Um, you, you want to walk into my car? You know, mm-hmm. like asking a little stuff like that. And so he was like, yeah, will walk into your car. And then we ended up going. So it kind of like gave me like the space to um, show that I was interested as opposed to like it kind of being like forced on me. So yeah. that was a cool experience because I've had some where it was like, absolutely not. But that's good. Yeah,
0: that's that's great. That was great. So I just got to go to a concert.
3: I'm yeah, stand really next to somebody, the and okay. then okay. yeah. All right,
0: all right. I'll be at the concert, y'all. All right. I'll <laughs> yeah. let <at> your boy <laughs> let,
3: let, let her let her add. You know, walk into my car and be like, "All right, let's go." I'm not asking about Just do it. No, I. You know, we had that he, we had that conversation that night, and I think one of the things that he said to me, which I felt like kind of gave me some insight into like how men feel, is that he's like he just feels um, really uncomfortable, like kind of like imposing, I guess. Okay. So like he could feel that I was interested, but he didn't want to assume. And so I guess for me, like taking the initiative because I, I wanted to have company, I wanted him to be, you know, keep me company, walk into my car and like kind of like taking that step. It was almost like a like a back and forth, you know, and not necessarily like me being the um, aggressor, yeah. you know? So it didn't feel like, I, I didn't feel like it was like emasculating or nothing like that. You know, I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but, yeah, you know, that's yeah. what people will say sometimes. So it, it kind she of like, be. you know, th- through the Absolutely. assist. Through the assist, you know, <laughs> I get it. And then, yeah, and that's personally, yeah.
2: something I have to work on. Um, So I have, I have I have two perspectives on that. Right. I had a situation where I was at a gas station in North Carolina um, and a guy tried to ask me out at the gas station. Um, and, and and first he complimented me, which the, w- the way I was raised, I'm always accepting and appreciative of any comp- of, of any type of compliment. And you're absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. You have the most, the brightest smile ever. I really, really
0: appreciate it. It is bright.
2: You know, well, you know, when you brush your teeth. Eh, nah.
0: <laughs> but um,
2: but then when he was like, you know, can I take you out to dinner? I was like, no, I'm, I'm unavailable. And when you can't accept no, it really got to the point where I was I was shot at, at a gas station. Um, because you, and, and, but that's what's happening now, day and age. So I mm. feel like if you're going to have the confidence to say, and, and it's a double sided it's a double-sided thing because as women, we also have to be respectful. And I think that's where, that's where we have to be from women, accept the compliment. Don't assume everybody wants you and being able to say no, if you truly feel no. And then on the male side is if she says no, or she's not interested, just move along. Right. So personally, there's not a time because you can't really be like only talk to me between the hours of nine and five. You know what I mean? You can't say that. But what you can do is be kind, courteous, and respectful on both spectrums at any given side. And if the person is rude, then that lets you know that either you're wasting your time or as a man, if that's how she responded to it, she's not the one for me anyway. And you're not wasting no time.
0: Sure. That's good.
1: Well, for me, the saving grace is to say that I'm married. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so when a guy, and they still approach, um, you know, you say, uh, you know, they talk to me, and they ask me out or something or say something nice. Thank you, I'm married. You know, for some, it's helpful. For some, they don't care if you're married. They're, they're still trying to push. Um, they're from the streets. They're from yeah. the streets. So they're still pushed. But my thing is also, if I, if you're asking me, if you're saying I'm beautiful, thank you so much. I, you know, I accept the compliment. But then... If you feel rejected, this is where the mental health stuff come in. We have to deal with the root of why you're responding in a way that's threatening to a woman, right? So if a woman says no, and you start calling her bees and you start calling out her names, of course, that's an issue with you. But why is that? So why are you doing that? Why are you feeling the need to call her out of her name? And a lot of times it's because we're dealing with rejection issues or mama trauma, right? Mm -hmm. It's something there that's unresolved because now you did this. Now I'm triggered. I know we use that loosely. So I'm going to respond to you this way. I mean, it's people like, They're not, they're just simply saying, no, they're being kind. They're doing all those things and they're still getting attacked by men. So, you know, it's learning how to accept it. Like you said, not look at it like a threat or as a rejection and then keep moving. Mm.
0: Yeah. I I would say this. I think for a lot of men, it's not necessarily their mother. I think it's other men teaching them how to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I find interesting is that Nobody wants to be honest about the fact that men have never been taught how to self-regulate emotions. Mm -hmm, They're not emotionally aware, right? And then on top of that, they don't know how to diffuse conflict. Mm -hmm. They are taught to always thrive in conflict. Mm -hmm. So if you tell me no, I'm supposed to fight you. I'm supposed to cuss you out. I'm supposed to because that's our default button. Violence, anger is our default button. Our default button is not Mm -hmm. to be gracious. Mm -hmm. Our default button is not, oh, okay. You know, I tell I tell men all the time. The smoothest thing to ever do when you're rejected is say what I did wrong. Mm. I said that to my, I told my boy that now, of course, he did it right at the same moment. The girl's like, no, no, thank you. She didn't have a boyfriend. He said, said, you know what? My my mentor said that I might have not got your number because I did something wrong. Could you tell me what I did wrong? So if I ever get a chance to meet a beautiful woman like you again, I'll do it the right way. She's like, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Go on, give me. <laughs> <laughs> that part. But he didn't expect her to give a number. He was dead serious about what he just said. Because mm-hmm. he was like, eh, it is what it is. But she asked. And, and, and let me give more context. He saw her again. Mm-hmm. So she said it right there. He said that line right there. And she said, no, she kept moving. Then they saw each other again in another place. And he was hanging out with people she knew. She was like, remember you was at a guy And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." And he was like, yeah, I was dead. She was like, you were serious? He's like, yeah, I was dead serious. He's like... Yeah, Say, man, I've been struggling trying to get to meet somebody and literally boom, bam, yeah. that happened. And so I say that because there are a lot of times that men are really struggling with trying to figure out how to care for somebody. But that is the part that they uh, don't get to have happen. Uh, and so let me ask you this question right here. Um, oh, this is a tough one. Because you get mad at this question. I've asked you on several lives and you always get mad, but I'm going to ask it again. How much does a man need to make to be with you? And I know you get mad when I say that, but I'm only doing it because we're having this conversation, everybody. (laughs) But, but seriously, uh, cause y'all were joking about the 10% earlier, Mm -hmm. right? 90% of men make less than $38,000 a year. And then those that make above that, you know what I'm saying? They either married or they're not the faithful kind, right? Or uh, you just haven't met him yet. There's, does his income matter that much?
2: in the it, for me, it's a yes and a no, right? Um, when I met my ex-husband he was making 40,000 dollars a year, right Sometime if, as long as, as as women we're natural supporters and nurturers, right So as a man with a vision, you tell me what your vision is, and as your wife, as your partner as your as your greatest supporter, we're going to execute this together. I'm going to help you get there. Right. So when you as long as the man has a vision, has that drive, has that ambition and, ha- and that's his passion. If this is where we're starting from and I know you're my person and we're choosing to do this together, we're, we're, it doesn't matter where you start, because where I'm going to get you to as a woman is something completely mm. different. Right. Now, that's not to say that you can be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm the little bell boy at Sonic. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And my aspiration is just to be a manager. Right. For, for some women, that may be okay. And I think people have to stop villainizing the person that just wants to be a manager, right? The job is not for you to change your dream if that's your dream. If, that's what the, if, if, that's, if, if you know the possibilities of where you can go, ownership, um, I can be an entrepreneur, I can own branches, I can own several locations. Some people don't want to get into all of that. So if you're like, I'm good just making $50,000 a year, there is somebody out there. Who sharing that dream and if you're not there will help you get to where that is because that's where you want to be. Mm. So it's not about what's acceptable for the masses, it's what's acceptable for your person. That's not acceptable for me. Because mm. we're we're gonna own some change. We're gonna get some passive income. We're gonna try to get a store for each one of the kids. So we got something to pass down. We're gonna build some generational wealth sometime. Let's get some apartment buildings, let's do this, let's mm. do that, let's expand so that way in our in our in our in our years down the road, we can enjoy each other and enjoy the time that we have left. Because we're not here to work till we die. Mm. That's not what we're here for. We're here to accumulate wealth so that we can enjoy the fruits of our labor. And, some, and and the bigger portion of that is to make sure that our offsets, our children, and our grandkids start at a different position in life than where we started. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's where that lies for me. So if you're saying, Jazz, I make 50,000, but listen, I know I'm a little bougie. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It is what it is. I own it, right? I understand. I really like you. We're a great fit. We match. This is where I want to be. This is this is where I see us as a family, right? This is where I see us going. This is where my this is where I want my personal growth to go. Let's sit down and have that conversation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say no because you make 50k. You could be the best person in the world and because you make 50k, I'm going to kick you out of my life?
0: Nah. That's a tough statement because <sighs> Now, this is where I'll probably be the bad guy. I think a lot of women live in fantasy land. Absolutely. If 90% of men are not making over 50K, you most likely you have a 10% chance. I feel and that. in that 10% chance, you really got a 5% chance because 5% of them are already married. Okay. So in a 5% chance, you're trying to find somebody that will meet your financial goal. And you're not even guaranteed after they get the money that they're going to have it because okay. something can go wrong in the marriage. Mm-hmm. So are you are you on the same perspective of he has to make a certain amount? Or are you diverse in that type of relationship where you like, as long as he's working hard?
3: No, I'm diverse in that aspect. I've never really had a number. Um, I mean, and I've, I've had my own like, you know, challenges when it comes to finances and how I, you know, my relationship with money and all that stuff. And so that may be part of where that comes from for me, but I've always felt like I I can just see by the way that people move in their character what like what kind of person they can be mm-hmm. and I just feel like there's so many stories of people who started out with nothing and have built something because they had that that work ethic and they had that drive to Absolutely. do it and so for me I, it's hard for me to see where someone is and and then also see that coupled with a, a mentality and a and a lifestyle where they are actively working for more and 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 judge them for, at that place you mm. know and so I've never I've never really been able to engage with those conversations about he has to make this much or have this kind of job because uh, <laughs> it, it is weird it's to weird me. To and me. I've never really like I've never asked those questions personally, yeah. like any if I ever known a man's salary is because he volunteered that information. Yep. And mm. so, you know, and, and that's how I learned, you know, like, oh, that's what that kind of job does or, you know, that position. Yep. Like, yep. They, yep. sometimes they'll like, you know, they'll just throw that in there. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's cool. But I'm still watching you, you know, like, you know, that doesn't change the fact that I'm still want to see if you were a good fit for me. And I mean, to be real, like, there's some people who, I mean, I'm not saying they were millionaires, but I know they made good money and I still wasn't interested. You know, it's like, I don't, you're not a good fit for me and that's all right, but I'm gonna go ahead and let you be and, you know, go ahead and find the person that I know I can really like see myself with. So, I can't I don't know I can't just like give that like sure. number. Sure. I think something that's that's
2: worthy to add is all these women and 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 I and I say women cuz that's kind of the majority. It's like my man needs to make six figures, right? I work in finance so I just feel like we, we just got to break this down. There's somebody who could be making six figures, $100,000 a year, right? And he is spending $95,000. And versus somebody who's making $50,000 and his expenses only total 10, 15, 20,000. So, like, do you do you want to live while you're in the rat race and continue to struggle, even though you bring bringing in six figures? Or do you want to live a comfortable, stable lifestyle? That's you have so to good. ask yourself, what That's is so more good. important? Are you going to do you want somebody? Because when, when you work in six figures, when, when you're working to make six figures. Right. And it doesn't matter at what level, 100, 200, 300,000, God forbid, 500,000. You're hard. taking away from something. You can miss your kids first step. Somebody not going to make a basketball game. Somebody going to miss a doctor's appointment. You're going to leave your kid at school. You know what I mean? Like, you got to think about that stuff as you're setting these unrealistic expectations.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 So so I want to ask you from a a therapist perspective, why, why do you think now there's such an emphasis on the income? Psychologically, why are people so pressed about it? Because that wasn't a big deal back then. And now it's a big deal for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting to me now because I am like not only am I a therapist but I'm also old school, right? Um and for me that wasn't important, right? To to be like, okay, you need to make six figures or I ain't going to be with you. You don't own this, oh, you don't got this type of car. So that never was me. So, you know, I can't regard that. But I think a lot of influence is social media. Um, I think one of the biggest influences is happening in social media. You got It's so wide. It's so many things that we're being shown about women. We got the housewives and their expectations. And so I think all of that is playing a major role into a lot of women's expectations. Because like... The, the woman and I know this is generalized. And so, you know, for the women who are 20 now are, are different from the women who are 40, um, not just, you know, age and development, but just expectation wise, because of what social media has put in front of us. Right. So I think a lot of it is the influence, um, you know, because it's like you have women who make good money. And they still, you know, want um, to be cared for. I'm making six figures. I want you to make seven. I want you to take care of me. Or you have the person who's like, I'm making the woman who makes six figures. And they're like, you can make $50,000. i am cool with you, right? But it's, it's about the perception. And I think we're just being in a space in the social media world where it's really kind of polluting us with our expectations. And it's causing us to want things, like you said, that fantasy stuff. You know, these are things like you're not even listening. Looking at the statistical data, you looking at what you see on the web. Like so, you're if you're saying thirty nine thousand was the average thirty nine. Like if you if you looking at the average person, there's a lot of people who ain't at the six figures, seven people. The average, understand that word. Looking at the statistic, you're not being real. So then, where does that come from? Why, yeah. why are you not ruling your expectations? And a lot of us are one of these things, and we're not bringing that. As well, I don't want to say bring to the table. I don't want to be like I don't want to be like the man, but we're that's not, right. we're not bringing that either. You so, like some men, like some men right? Where you know, so I think it's just taking a, a really good look at you because, like, you get a dude who's he a good dude, making you know thirty nine thousand a year, and he treats you right, and you so ready. Now, if you have vision, that's a big thing too. I need you to have vision and I need you to be actively working on your vision. Does that make sense? Because if you're not doing that, we have a whole different because you don't have to come in the game with this much. But if we're growing together, that makes a big difference. So some of us are some women are rooting out those men Mm -hmm. and hurting those men. So then when a good women come, you know, they're like, I've been I'm cool. Mm -hmm. So it's just really having that unrealistic expectation.
0: And here's the thing that nobody talks about enough, and I know this is going to sound really, I'm probably the bad guy today, mostly out of everybody, is I get tired of hearing somebody ask for something they couldn't get themselves. Mm -hmm. I just, I know that sounds terrible because there's an expectation that a woman comes into a relationship with a man who's going to provide that, but then she doesn't have the skill to know how to maintain it. So if I'm with you and you don't know how to budget money, we still gonna be at odds because mm-hmm. you're gonna get it and spend it.
2: See, I don't think that way. If you're if you're not good with money, then and I, I, then that's something that I'll handle because that's not your strong wait, suit.
0: Wait, I, I, we're not talking about the woman. See, there you go, wifeing up. <laughs> I'm talking about women who want that, but they don't have those skill sets. You have those skill sets, but maybe there are a lot, who, yeah, a lot of women who and a lot of women who are not good at. it, but, and and but you can't ask for six figures when you can't manage two figures. The,
2: the, Absolutely. That's
0: all I'm saying. And Absolutely. you can't have a standard for somebody where you don't necessarily at least want to understand it or have a respect for it. Because if everything is predicated on the money, two things that women have always said they want to provide and protect. Mm-hmm. My black behind I'm supposed to die for you and I'm supposed to feed you. I'm supposed to make sure the money's straight. Right? But there are... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she whispered it <in> they <laughs> talk about feed me. <laughs> what, what makes it unfair and unhealthy is that The ebbs and flows of your love is based on the ebbs and flows of my money. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because now it's not a relationship, it's a transaction. Now, another woman may say, well, I want to stay home with the kids. I want to just be able to be secure in the finances. I believe there should be security. That's one thing. Another thing is, well, he just need to make it because if he can't make it. Or the woman who makes good money and say, a man got to match my money. (laughs) Boo-boo. (laughs) <laughs> that match going you're not going to strike it. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you might as well go and put that out because that's not always realistic. And guess what? Nobody, a lot of people don't say this and they say it in a negative way, but the reality is I, I don't have y'all luxury. Mm-hmm. I don't have the luxury of just being like, I'm fine. Well, well you know, it's 2023, it you, you know, y'all bending <laughs> on knees and then, I mean, y'all getting no bending knees now, but... Oh. No, no we're not. Don't oh, oh, say no, we. No. no, I don't speak French. Oh, not on me. <laughs> not at all. You don't not speak French. <laughs> don't say we. Not at all. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, I don't have the luxury of being broke. Yeah. But a woman does. And it doesn't mean she's a bad person yeah, either. That's real. It just means that culturally, that's how we've been taught. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure. So the moment you say, I need a man with six figures, I'm not even going to waste my time.
2: That's what I'm if I that.
0: didn't make that kind of money, I'm, I'm blessed. But if I was, when I didn't, I ain't waste my time. Yeah, I need a man to make six. She even had to finish her sisters. i was gone. My boys, that like, wait, you said it. You heard it. She said six <laughs> figures. <laughs> I'm over here rocking with these four, <laughs> three, four. I ain't got to. I was broke. Brok, broke. 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 And I and I don't and I don't mind where I came from because yeah. it makes me appreciate where I am. Absolutely. And then now that I do make good money, it's even worse for me. Because the only person want to talk to me now, if they under thirty five, they want the bag. One they didn't earn. (laughs) The devil is a liar. Okay. And then if they're older, it's their libido. Mm -hmm. They just want to smash. Their sex drive is crazy. So and and nobody talks about that. So as a man, I'm looking at you like, I can't win. Mm -hmm. But then if I say something slick or I have a standard that's like, you ain't no real, if you can't afford it, don't say so. I'm petty. I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I said, oh, you remember, you say me on the line. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. She's like, mm-hmm. you can afford it. Why are you? No, 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 no. I can't afford it. I want to stay broke in your mind because I know you're only here for a transaction. And I'm going to say it bluntly. I'm a pimp now, right? If I do that to you as a woman, when you do it, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be honest, you know, you're an escort. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 I'm the one who needs the service. It's transactional, it's not a relationship. Yeah. And I know this. I know that sounds offensive, but if you boil me down to my checkbook.
2: That's real. That is, that's what mm-hmm. it is.
0: Right. Okay. So so here's my other question. I'm gonna talk about sex for just a minute. I, I don't first of all, I'll say this every live I ever do. Any there's no such thing as casual sex. Have you ever heard of casual AIDS, casual yes. std? Oh, my God.
2: It is. Listen, I don't. I can, I don't. Finish, can
0: I finish my look? Because you're already ready to go to your nasty land. Ain't those things casual sex. You ain't never heard of casual baby, casual STD, casual COVID. I'm confident saying COVID. That's scary. <laughs> All those things come into play. What I don't like is, do y'all believe there's a 90-day rule? Because I don't believe in it. Do you believe there's a 90-day rule? Should there be a rule for when you have sex?
3: i a 90-day rule? No. <laughs> no.
2: I don't, I don't think you should enter anything and be like, X amount of time, this is going to happen. And X amount of time, this is going to happen. You have to allow your relationship to stay organic. The moment you try to put your hands and your feet in and try to control the outcome is the moment you're going to mess it up. Allow the transition to happen at the pace that's set between you and your partner.
1: I had a 90-day rule. I'm be real honest with you, so uh when i my husband and I started dating, I was like, you know we you know too much information. I was like, we cannot have sex for ninety days. um I didn't want to rush into anything um knowing his history, I mean there were some things happened in his history where he had a baby first night, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um look at him like that's that casual stuff happening but um you know so I was just like I don't want to do that um also I, we did go like we went it got tested you know we we did a lot of things just to, before jumping into you know into the, into sex so for me I did have that that rule. Um, and I wanted, I, I like the organic part and I, I didn't want sex to, I know it it doesn't have to have a limit, um, but I didn't want sex to override that part, the emotional part of it. <coughs> so I, I was like, we're going to establish this rule. You know, there is none of that until, you know.
2: I'm definitely going to make you wait till I'm comfortable. Absolutely. I can't tell you that's going to be the third week or the 122nd day. What'd you say,
0: Jay?
3: I, I don't, I don't know. I think that the concept of it, I agree with. I think that I, may, I guess like having it be a specific time frame and assuming that that's what's going to work. And that's like an exact formula is not realistic necessarily. I think it works in your case, but that doesn't mean it's like a set rule, you
0: know, because yeah, a man are waiting 90 days for the movie.
3: <clears throat> yeah. And I think even like leave. the fact that you like announce it, I feel like that's the part where it's like, okay, well, you know, all I got to do is just show you this person and then, you know, and so, um, and again, I'm happy that that wasn't your case, but I just feel <laughs> like, I think that if you have, um, I think the one that sounds more realistic to me is having like certain stages in the relationship where that's where you are willing to like engage. So if you're somebody you're like, you don't care, we can't do it first night, then that's your thing. Ooh. Or if you're like, Ooh. if we, I, I don't want to, first until night? we're in a committed relationship. I said, if that's your thing.
0: So you're saying that's their thing? Let me tell you something. I'm gonna cut her off. I don't know. Thing. Don't have it on the first night. That's my thing. That nobody should do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know you. And Let if, me see yeah, your yeah, mind chart. Someone's gonna listen
3: <laughs> to this and still do it. Exactly. You understand?
2: Know so you're you a minister. That, so, so You're gonna be that. like, wait till you you're married. You got nothing to do you with being a minister.
0: You got to do with your mind chart. You got to do with your mind chart. Okay, so
2: what if they got tested a few days ago and they got their mind chart mm-hmm. and they meet? That was on Tuesday. They got their results Wednesday like, and I'm they one met one. John on Thursday. So They're like, they lig- look, they I'm in. good. I'm they clean. They let's live. go.
0: They're looking their lips. Right? they ready to they smash. See, they, so they, they, they met the criteria. Listen. <laughs> they log in. Listen, ready. <laughs> now let's, let's stop lying. Ready. Don't nobody know that. Ready. Don't nobody. Girl, I'm about to tell you. you see my chart? Mm, that don't happen.
2: Uh, yes, it does. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, right? I was in Orlando. I, I lied to you guys. not. I was in Orlando last summer, right? I'm not going to call no names. I was in Orlando last summer. I met a guy at my nephew's basketball game. He I want to get how beautiful you are. Let me take you on a date. I'm in Orlando in July. Cool. Let's go on a date. We're on a date and have a good time. Right. B- between leaving the gym and him coming to the Airbnb to pick me up, he sent me his MyChart. He was like, I will, he said, I'm i a very affectionate person. Not to touch me in that. Maybe I may hold your hand or something like that. I want to let you know I'm okay. Was it a screenshot? No. Oh, no, no. We screen share. Screen <laughs> <laughs> Screenshare. I ain't doing it, that it's inter- though, right? Absolutely not. Okay. You know, I don't even like people, let alone mm-hmm. trying to
0: listen. This is weird. Listen.
2: Why
0: first is it weird? All, you said a man saying you his my chart? he hoping to get some. You, you, know, can, tell, you can tell me. Uh, I ain't gonna say saying what his intention was. I don't got it. I'm telling you what his intention yeah. is. Yeah. I said you a my chart on the first date. I'm trying to get some booty. That yeah. mean, don't make no I sense. Feel it. That man don't make no sense. Hey, girl. He probably said it to you Just like this. Let you know I'm clean. <laughs> I'm clean. He <laughs> <I'm clean. laughs> got
3: through saying that they not doing it on the first night, but if he's sending it, and you already know that's what they both They're want to do. That's
0: still nasty. You're not hearing what I'm saying. If you talk to a woman and you come to see her in a whole other state, she comes to Orlando to go see somebody play a basketball game. You're uh, like, hey, I'm very affectionate. Let me send you my mind chart. You nasty.
2: Immediately,
0: I'm going to- I'm nasty. Gonna, like, immediately,
2: that's what I thought. But I still don't think it makes make sense. It no. is. But th- that wasn't, you know, of course, that's not what happened. But
0: yeah. I think what people don't take into consideration is, worst try by time, you always hear me say this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Words try by time, proves trustworthiness. I need mm-hmm. to have time to know who you are, what you deal with. Because the Bible is gonna break somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere you're gonna mess up and say something. If ain't nobody giving nobody nothing, and you all you gotta go by is your head and heart, mm-hmm. oh you're gonna get frustrated after a while. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get frustrated, you're gonna wait for a window. Oh man, I'm trying to figure out what's the YouTube guidelines, but it... hoes have windows. Mm-hmm. And if you leave a crack, they're gonna try to open wide open. They're gonna try to bust it wide open. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, That's serious. And so what, what people try to do is, women have a, uh, women have a healthy fantasy at times with relationships, and men have dirty reality.
2: Mm-hmm. We're visual. Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's
2: a, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: It's reality. So yeah. if I, if I, if I, the, the biggest thing I deal with is <laughs> people say I'm mean all the time, right? Y'all got to stop saying it. I'm not mean. <laughs> You're just straightforward. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm very like guarded. It. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to be. I'm not going to be in an environment with attract a attractive woman and she's just like, "Well, how's everything with you? I don't know you like that. You trying to take my goodies? Because <laughs> if I sleep with you, there are a lot of consequences that happen with not getting." I used to, to use good mm-hmm. terminology. and now just, nah, I was going to say not going to die. But <laughs> smash, whatever they use. There's a lot of consequences that come with that. Mm-hmm. And the consequences is that as much as people don't want to admit it, people can get an emotional attachment of a one encounter of sex. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then if it's good. You are
2: going to want it. Again. Now I
0: got to be sitting in my room.
2: Mm-hmm. Nicking.
0: Looking like a crackhead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In
2: that kitchen.
0: I, yeah. I don't care who she this is. Then she walked past? like, boy, she did some And then now you're trying to come back from giving yourself to somebody mm-hmm. in an intimate way, because it's still intimacy. It is. Yeah. I don't know why people lie, and say sex and intimacy. And then I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say something so inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Lord, I want to thank you. <laughs> I'm stuck with a situation, and now I got to figure out how to stay focused. Mm. Because if I sleep with somebody that quickly, it can lead me to watching porn. Mm. It can lead me to jumping into sex with another woman Mm -hmm. Mm because men are visual. So now my thoughts are racing Mm -hmm. on all those things. And I think what's interesting is is that a lot of times when we talk about relationships, we don't talk about love. Mm -hmm. We just talk about how long you're going to have sex. We talk about uh, the standards... But we don't talk about the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is the last question I want to ask you, because I think this is very important. How come love is falling apart so much?
1: That's deep. Man. Um, I know for me, I don't think people understand love. I think that people don't even love themselves. So if 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 I don't love me, how can I give love to you? Right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times what happens is people have this false idea of what love is. A lot of people will search for things that they need in other people um, before even finding out what it is themselves. So, and then they, so if I don't love me I, and I don't love me unconditionally, how can I provide you with that? However, I'm going to want you to give that to me, although I don't even know what that is. So then we're going to people wanting these things and we aren't even, we're not even conquering ourselves. When we do that, we're, we're, we're broken trying to make somebody make us whole. So, and this is why so many things happen in relationships because we're, we're dealing with brokenness and getting in relationships. And then we're trying to make whole people. That's not what make whole people. Mm. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then we're trying to spread something we don't have. We get mad because we're trying to get it from a person um, that that's not their job to give it into that way that they want to. Meaning, I don't know how to love me. I'm pulling and pulling and pulling. Now you're not meeting my expectations. Whether they're spoken or unexpoken, mm-hmm. right? And we don't. When I had to have unmet expectations, because I like mind readers. Because, because, right? So I'm not saying what I need from you, right? I'm stomping up the stairs. I'm mad. We're leaving breadcrumbs, right? But we're not saying those things. Um, but then now I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. So whenever my me my needs are not met, I'm I'm like it always leads to disappointment
2: and i agree wholeheartedly with everything you said and just to talk about myself for a second um i have never poured into myself right um so what i i, I went to the mantra and, I, and this is where i say that life is an evolution
3: mm-hmm.
2: what i was then is i would say i don't know how to love myself right? Because I'm always putting the needs of others before me. And for a minute I sat in that and I was like, I'm just, I I took the coward approach and said, Mm -hmm. I'm an extremely unselfish person. I don't matter to me, but you matter to me. And so I said, I convinced myself of that. I said, I am such a giver. I'm just going to give, give, give. And I even said that as long as I find a person Mm -hmm. and if I give to him and he gives to me, I I took it philosophical. We're going to, we're going to fill each other's cup. It's going to be great because then we're pouring into each other and we don't have room for that. Mm. Right. And then I went through a failed marriage. Mm. Right. And then, and then a failed relationship after that. And so something that I had to learn is, is, is growth. It's it's accountability. And I had to say, I have to love me for me. You need to love you for you. And then the essence of doing that, because we love ourselves, we're gonna love each other. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And it I,
2: starts with us. I, I would
0: also and I also I was thinking I telling you this the other day, my biggest thing is I'm in a phase now that I want to love somebody well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be with anybody who won't love me, love them. Yeah. Like I want to be able to say, hey, I'm jealous mm-hmm. and I miss you and I want to be with you. And if that makes me a weak man, I'm good. We we can move on. Because my vulnerability should be the place that I need to be with you. And my and my theory is this nobody can give you peace, yeah. but they can give you a safe space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you can't give me peace, at least give me safe space that so I can be able to share what I'm feeling with you. I don't expect you to make me calm down and get everything together. That's between me and God. But at least give me safe space. And I, I think the I think the problem now is you are not being loved by me. Because I'm too busy trying to figure out why you're not loving me.
2: Your focus focusing. Your perspective is wrong. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think that needs to change. I Absolutely. think it needs to change more to a clear understanding that I am healthy. Yeah. I know what I want. I know who I want to be. And hey, this is what I think about you. And and, and I wanted to grow. And I, and I want to say this. I, I wanted to ask you, Jada, and then I'll let somebody else ask this question. Do you feel like or do you believe that it is very difficult for a man to learn to love a woman who is very loving? Cause you're a very loving person. I know you that very well. Do you think that's very difficult?
3: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very difficult. Um, at least in my experience, it has been like, it just makes them uncomfortable. And I feel like it brings up these like different, like feelings of not feeling worthy of it. And at least that's what my, that's what I, my understanding of it is. And I think like, cause I wanted to kind of add to what everybody was saying that I feel like, hasn't been necessarily said is that I think that the struggle is like feeling just feeling worthy of love like and I feel like for a lot of us our relationship with love is that we have to earn it it's Mm -hmm. something that has to be earned it's something that we have to strive for it's something that I, I don't deserve to be loved until I do this like we make it a very like transactional action-based kind of thing. And so for us, we we don't receive love well. We don't receive love from God well. We don't love ourselves well because we feel like I, I can't love myself. I can't take care of myself until I do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve to rest until I do this, this, and this. Like, you know, we we don't deserve it. So we're feeling unworthy. And so I think that one of those, that when I encounter people like that, um, that's the biggest barrier is that they don't feel like worthy you know like they just yeah. don't see like I don't, why do you like me you know why do you feel this way about me why are you being so nice to me why are you so understanding and it's like there you can see that there is a desire for it but it's also like pushback at the yeah. same time and ultimately like the behavior and like the resistance it makes it difficult
1: to stay in that relationship so. and, not, and not like not like that too I also see a lot of people because you are loving they look for the other shoe to drop Right. So they wait and they go, "Okay, you're really nice. What do you want from me? Mm -hmm. Right. Or they're like they're just waiting for this moment that you're going to just flip because they don't know how to receive love from you. Yeah. And then they start Mm self-sabotaging. So now
0: this is my existence (laughs) because I'm a very loving man. It drives women away. They look for the other shoe to drop when I'm very consistent of how I am. You know me probably more than has, you've seen me more. If I say I got it, I got it. Mm -hmm. If I ain't got it, I ain't going to take care of nothing because I'm lying. But you, you don't have to struggle with me. There's no, you know, my daughter tell me all the time, like, oh, I don't want you to get nobody. They gonna cut into my budget. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, just that, just that. <laughs> because she knows that that that's something that I don't like to deal with. I I like to spend time. When I say I want to come home the first thirty minutes of every day, I think I said it day. I want to come home the first thirty minutes of the day and just kiss, hug, and love on you, and I talk about work, and I talk about the kids, and I talk about job and talk about trauma because I need you to know that you're my main priority. After God is my queen. Yeah. Women don't want that.
2: So I so we do. Um, I come from a background where it, it wasn't affectionate, mm. right? I knew I was loved because I had food on the table, I had clothes on my back, and I was playing ball. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. I had my shoes, I had my windbreakers. You know the swish <laughs> swish from back in the day. We had the 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 shoes from the East Bay Magazine. We had the team socks. Like that's how I knew I was loved. Um, so I, I recognized um, early that that's something that I needed to work on, mm. right? And something else that's worthy to know is that that. Everyone views their need for love differently. And I think if you're if you're going to enter that unbalanced relationship where one person is super, super lovey-dovey and super, super affectionate versus someone in a relationship like me that's not, I think we have to communicate what does that look for with you. If you say, my expectation when I come home, because it, if I don't know, I'm going to mess up every single time. Because I'm, 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 I want to show you I love by asking you about your day, by making sure you're good, by making sure I'm showing you love by making sure you got dinner on the table, a clean house, the kids are fed, uh, home life is taken care of. But if you're like, I need that, but I also need just time where I can touch you. Like, talk to me and let me know. If you talk to me and say the first 30 minutes, the first 45 minutes, I don't care what it is. When I come home, I just want to lay on the couch, lay in the bed, and I just want to lay on your chest. That's all I want to do. We ain't got to talk. I just need to be there. I need for you to be there. Then that lets me know, okay, every single time, and unless he tell me otherwise, every single time, that's exactly what we're doing because that's what you need.
0: I think you're, you're in the corner. okay? Because that's not normal today. I don't think it's something that a lot of people want because what she said, uh, the shoe is going to drop. I think, and this is a phrase, y'all have heard me say this. I'm going to say it to the cows go home. Some people are more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And then some people are uncomfortable with what can make their life comfortable because there's just a consistency about it. That We were talking about this the other day. People will stay in a marriage where they're not loved when a good Negro like me is sitting right over here or a good woman like yourself is sitting right over there because they're just, they. it's the devil they know, right? Yeah. But it's the angel that they have yet to receive. And yeah. that what bothers me we, we, we complement the negative we, we we have secure we're comfortable with the person that makes our life uncomfortable because we've accepted it and then the person that can gives us comfort makes us uncomfortable and and, I, and I've seen it a lot and that's why for me I, I asked that question about the 90-day rules the different parts of relationships because it again to the point for me like I'm not I ain't giving up on love but I am at a place where it's like it's gonna to be God's yeah. It's gonna be God right. it's not going to be because you have people who just I wouldn't even say they don't appreciate it. I think they just can't see it
2: yeah
0: they yeah. just can't see it like and then when they do see it, it's like you're too good to be true mm-hmm. when it's yeah. naturally who a person is, mm-hmm. the more I grew in God, the more I became this way mm-hmm. and now you want to take that growth away and I said this to somebody. And y'all know some of my situations as friends. I'll tell you something. If I can't love you well, I don't want you. Because mm-hmm. there are women who want a little toxicity. I don't need to be toxic yeah, to be. That's yeah. craziness to me.
1: You want yeah. me to cuss
0: you out and tell you I love you? Mm-hmm. You want me to ignore your phone calls and text messages? You don't want no heart from me. You know, and then the guys that say you're a beta male and simp. And I need to be clear because I know this bothers a lot of people. There's a lot of broke dudes who get mad at simp Simps got money.
2: Why we gotta have a late
0: but but I'm just being clear. And it's not that we think we we know we're not simps. We're just we're we just we're just satisfied in our work. We know what we need to do. Most times when you're secure in who you are and money's not an object for you, you know you because once you make good money, you know those things don't bring any value to your life. So now it boils down to can you be loved?
3: Yeah. I think one of the things that to like to add to your point, um, James, is that I think that people don't realize what it costs to accept it. Cause like one of the mm-hmm. things that um one of my mentors told me is she said that she let me know she's like, JD, you've been you've become comfortable with chaos. And you're like, you have to be you have to be comfortable, you have to shift to being consistent. Yep. And so I think that when you think about someone who's used to, you know, love being maybe chaotic or toxic or not, you know, really understanding love, but having a desire for it, you have to realize that there's some effort on your part to learn to receive it. Like, it's not something that's just like passive, like to receive love is a very active thing. You have to be involved in it. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to do things that may not, may feel weird to you at first, like if you're not really like a a touch person, but you can learn to become more of one if that's what you need to do for Mm -hmm. your partner, you know, but that takes work. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. You might be you might want to be like, oh, you know, after a while you might become that person, (laughs) you know, like it becomes something that is more natural for you, but it's a certain level of discomfort, but a willingness to know that this is going to take some effort on my part because this is what I want. And so I have to make sure that I know that there's a, there's a, you know, a cost associated to it, but it's a, it's a good thing, you know, it's ultimately for my good, but Mm. I think people think it's like, you're going to get this good person. You're going to get this good man or woman, but there isn't anything involved in that. Like, no, you got some ways about you that you're going to have to learn to shift and change so that you can really welcome in this love. Oh, so I think that way. that's like a part of it too.
1: Like, yeah, yeah it takes yeah. work. I think that's good to say it takes work too, because I see a lot of marital clients. A lot of my married people come in to change their spouse. They don't come in to fix themselves. Mm-hmm. They want me to sit down and they want me to say, you need to do all this stuff. You're perfect, right? But the reality of it is that both of them have to work at it. Yeah. You know, they really have to work at this thing called love. And I think that people just don't understand. People people don't want to put the work in or even change the things they need to change in order to make love work.
0: Mm-hmm. When I When I passed it, one of the things that I realized I, I might take this the wrong way. Most of the people who wanted to leave the counseling sessions were times were the women. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I can see that. They'd be wanting to leave. If I was getting on their husband, they was like, yeah, get mm-hmm. him. But once I switched to them, we don't need that no more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't need to go that on. That used with, to be
2: me. Yeah.
0: They wanted to go to a place where somebody would make one person feel comfortable, mm-hmm. which is her. And he would be there struggling. Now, first of all, you know it took, it took him kicking, screaming, dragging just to get his behind in there and then when he get there, as soon as he starts to do the work, you automatically no longer want it. And I need to say this. Once a woman does that to a man, you can lose him right then and there. Mm. And you know why? Because that man is saying, you begged me to come here. And now that this person doesn't meet the need that you want, now you want to leave, you really don't want me. You want me to be what you want me to be. You want to control me. And once you get a man, one thing they talk about, if a woman's scoring, she done, she done. When a man goes to counseling, or therapy, and you decide to not want to go anymore because you don't like the therapist telling you the truth, you lost your husband nine yeah. times out of 10. Yeah. I'm telling you, he has gone. Yeah. Because now he realizing by sitting there with the therapist and the counselor, you're exposing yourself to him and he's looking at you like, oh, you really don't want to be better. Mm. You just want me to be better for you. And that's why I tell people they need to learn how to outlove each other. Like I need to spend all my time learning how to love you well and study you and do that. Because that's why I tell I tell people all the time, and I'm, I'm going to say in every podcast I get the opportunity to provide and protect, but you need to be passionate, fully in love with the woman you have. You need to be super patient, right? Yeah. Right? With that woman that you have, and then you have to be present. Yeah. The more present you are, the best. I, I'm going to say it to the cows, come home. I ain't sacrificing being able to love a woman well ever again. And I had to do that in some instances in my marriage before. But that's because we had to figure it out and grow. And then I lost my wife to cancer. It triggered something in me. So anytime a woman be like, I don't need all that. Well, you don't need me then. Mm -hmm. If I can't be present, I can't be patient. And I can't be passionate about you. I'm good. And and I know that bothers some people because, and I I know I I had one of my homeboys say something the other day. He said, well, women have a condition not to want all that. Oh, but you want all that. A woman wants all that. But then, when they get all that, it's a problem. Mm. I, I, re, I have had times in my relationships and my friends' relationships where the therapist or the counselor would ask, Hey, how do you feel about it when your man cries? Are oh, he weak? Or, you, you know what I'm talking about? Or if a man tells you what he needs from you to be loved, he's being vulnerable. or oh, he soft? Ain't no real man doing all that crime. Mm. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hear that yeah. no more. Yeah, I could, I could kill a bear, lion, and a tiger, and I could come home and be vulnerable with you. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a one size fits all. We're not a monolith. We are very loving, kind, and gentle men. You just don't want that. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying, why well, I got to fight the world and then fight to love you? I got to cuss you out for you to get hot and heavy? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But no. that's the world we live in it now. Is. Am I tripping? No, no.
2: And, and that goes into to, to Jada's point, because once again, I used to do that. Yeah. Right. Like I I grew up in chaos. I grew up in trauma. And you think that you've coped and you know, I didn't talk to nobody at the end at that point, but you think that you cope or you think it don't affect you. And then I realized one of the downfalls of my marriage was that my husband my ex-husband, excuse me, his family, like they were peaceful. Like don't worry, every family has their thing, right? But it was it was different. There wasn't there wasn't chaos. And I realized, well, into in, talking to someone after my divorce, mm-hmm. right? I had to realize that in the moment that there was peace, I didn't know what to do. So the very first thing I tried to do was create chaos mm-hmm. because in the midst of all that going on, I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, that part. <laughs> yes. And then I'm going to do things to test him because I just want to make sure he loved me. I, mm. I just want to be sure because... When you come from trauma, I always wanted, my, because we didn't have that relationship, I wanted my father to just love me. Yeah. And, and, mm. and, and the moment that he did, I felt like, oh, this feels good. Now I got to keep trying mm. because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. And I took that into my relationship mm. and going through accountability and really after a divorce, taking that time to tell myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got issues. Mm. I had to deal with all of that. So going into this renewed relationship, I am, and then losing my father last year, which was a crazy transition, and then going through a double loss within 30 days. I realize now the constraint of life. Mm. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. Right. Mm. So it may take some time. You you may have to figure out how to speak with me, how to communicate so I can receive it. But I just want to make my partner happy. Mm -hmm. I want to learn how it is that you need to be loved. Because I can cook, I can clean, I can do all that. But if that's not your deficit, I can't feel it. That's good. That is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now my mindset has change. You know, I don't know what today's date, November uh, 17th, 18th, as of this this day. I just, just tell me how you want me to love you. And it, then allow yeah. me the space, because change don't happen overnight. That's good. To grow into that. Because I promise you, it's
1: worth it at the other end. The yeah. One of the things I do recommend, I know we all heard of the five love languages. Now, I look at the five love languages as an ingredient. It's like if I bake a cake, I'm adding all this stuff. I don't look at it like it's the whole thing to a marriage. And the reason why I think it's important because you have to understand your partner's language of love. And a lot of times people get frustrated because they're doing all this acts of service stuff. I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing this. All I want is, is some quality time, right? I'm
0: big on it. I'm
1: but you, I'm not hearing you because you speak in one language, you speak in one language. And now I feel like I'm doing all this for you. I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing, I'm, I'm going I'm on my way. You can't even appreciate it. Now you feel like a person is being ungrateful. But really, that's not how I receive love. How much that listen, <laughs> so I'm like, listen, y'all need to understand what, how to love each other through the love languages. Then take a deeper step and understand how you want that person to love you in that language. I'm physical touch. I'm touchy. I'm like, oh, and you know, my daughter's like, please, you get one kiss a day, right? That's it. Although I'm physical touch, I don't like people touching my feet. So this is something I need you to, to share with my partner. Yeah, these are the things I like, but these are the things I don't like. But you got to know that about yourself, yeah. right? we're not mind readers. So it's important for you to to reach your love or speak or be fluent in your partner's love language.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's really good. So I appreciate y'all today. I'm not going to hold y'all any longer. I think this is a great conversation because I don't want to get mad. I feel some kind of way. <laughs> uh, uh, and, but I, but I, I, I think it's something that needs to happen more often. I think the conversations that we're having right now has to come from people from a more mature standpoint. And we're talking as healed people. Yeah. Healing. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. heal, healing, uh, sorry, healing, it's a continued process, and well, some areas I'm healed in, mm-hmm. some areas, you can always I said be better. some, you can always be better. I, Wakanda, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, new I, Wakanda. too, it's fresh, <laughs> some yeah, years yeah. Stuff fresh, yeah, yeah right, and, but but I think one of the things is, is that this needs to be more of the conversation, yeah. you know right. what I'm saying, uh, I know my stance on abstinence in some respects, you know what I'm saying, I, it's king to me, it just came because I know what it does to people when they, you now once yep. you open, pen, listen, <laughs> I don't do first base, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to hit home runs like Barry Bonds on a <laughs> So it don't make no sense for me to go up to back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but I understand that everybody's not wired that way. Yeah. And there's some people who could go to first base and chill and stay there all day. But that's conflicting if the person's not wired that way. Mm-hmm. I also believe that there are people who will, criticize you for your kindness, mm-hmm. criticize you for your goodness. Mm-hmm. And and I think both sexes, does. and we have to get past that. Yeah. I think we really need to get past that and grow. And so first and foremost, thank you, ladies. I asked y'all some tough questions. Uh, Some of y'all had 90-day rules. Some of you didn't. Uh, 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 all of y'all want the bag, but y'all take 40. Okay. All right. Well, not forty. Oh, oh, you this won't take forty. Forty is, is It is. Oh, you won't take forty. It is. Okay.
2: I was, I'm just I was glad that people can listen 40. to
0: the whole thing and get context.
2: I'm, is all I'm
0: saying. So you're 34, <laughs> so you're not taking forty thousand now. But a minute ago, oh, you said fifty. Wow, you put a dollar amount on it. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so all you brothers out there with good hearts and good character that make forty thousand, you ain't got a shot. You make forty thousand, and you don't have no
2: expenses.
0: Oh, Nazi. Boy, I tell you, boy, that's that, No,
2: I, 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 Boy, that gold post.
0: spoke about that. that it's the
3: no nuance now at the end. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. So, 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 you know, sometimes the goals change minute by minute, hour by hour. Live. So, <play> <laughs> I <laughs> remember that. But well, I want to thank Jada West. I want to thank, uh, oh, Lord, almost so, uh, 50,000. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Journey
0: with Jazz. <laughs> I want to thank uh Jasmine, aka 50K Ivory, um, for being here with us today. I want to thank uh, uh the, the doctor, Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones came with all the solutions for all of us, broken souls, as we healing and those who are healed and all those different things and stuff like that. And th- these ladies are single. You know what I'm saying? They want they want you to be a part of t- you're not single? No, not. I'm not. Okay, you're not single.
3: Dang.
0: Okay. She's in the process?
2: Of what? I don't
0: know. You're not single?
3: She's not available. I'm not available.
0: Okay. She's not available. Okay. Not available. Okay. At all. Okay. Now you're okay. making my clothes awkward. Um. <laughs> Rewind the tape. I am not a available. So if you're looking for love, don't come here. Um, Not at all. Don't come here at all. We don't know what's going on. If you make 40K, this ain't it.
2: Wow. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just kidding. Wow. wow. Um, You know what? Do this for me. I need you to love, praise, serve, and share. You can do that any and everywhere. Y'all have a great, you have a great day. God bless. Hey, yo. Oh, that was awkward. That was- I have three beautiful, lovely, kind, phenomenal, excellent young ladies in the building. And we're going to have a tough conversation about relationships, about being a woman, specifically a black woman dealing with today's society. And I hope you enjoy it. So when I ask them these questions, pray for me. I might not make it out, okay? All right. And there'll be some tough questions. But first and foremost, uh, my, uh, my right to the audience left, go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll just go around the room. All
1: right. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. I am Dr. Janelle Jones. I'm a TEDx speaker. I'm a therapist. I'm a coach and I'm an author.
2: Hey, y'all. I am Jasmine. You can follow me on TikTok with Journey with Jazz. Um, I am a senior financial counselor, um, excuse me, consultant where I help businesses and I help people with their personal finances. Super, super elated to be here. Can't wait for the conversation.
0: Okay, all right.
3: Hey, y'all. It's Jada West. I'm a brand outfitter and an influencer. You can follow me on all my socials as it's Jada West. And I'm just ready for this conversation see what you
0: got. Okay, all right. Okay, uh-huh. okay. I hope y'all know what y'all are asking for. Uh, so let, let's just start out with um a tough conversation, okay? Help me understand the flaw in somebody asking you what you bring to the table yeah we, we going there today I see, how, see how the mood changed the energy got negative the vibes were low but the reason why i asked that question because i think it's a two-parter because there's another part of men who are actually saying to themselves how do i ask you about who you are and what you offer in a relationship because you still mm-hmm. want to know, absolutely. but I think right. the terminology has been co-opted to where it was negative because it wasn't negative about five years ago. Matter of fact, not two years ago it wasn't negative, mm-hmm. but recently it has become negative because one jerk, I mean, gentleman took the word, said it nationally, and then it became a plague. Yeah. So y'all tell me, it, it, uh, what, what does, does that bother y'all? Uh, okay. Okay. Does it bother you?
1: It does. Okay, I think- it insinuates that like, what do you offer? It's, it's almost a low blow. Like there, like you said, there's ways to ask that question. Mm-hmm. You want to know the value you have, especially if like you're meeting someone. Now, if you've been mm-hmm. with someone for five years and you don't know what they bring to the table, we got bigger issues. Mm-hmm. But if you just meeting me and you're asking me, what do I bring? I think it's offensive, right? Get to know me or let's have an honest conversation about my value, When you ask me, what do I bring? I feel like it's devaluing me in a way that's negative or makes me feel like, you know, I'm coming with nothing or I want something from you, you know, that I'm trying to get something from you. And I'm only after you for for myself to bring me up to another level.
2: It stresses me out. Um, I think if you look at it and, and I always say life is about perspective, right? I understand that time and and wasting time is a big part of that equation. Right. And so I feel like if y'all just come to you and say, James, I like you, you look good. What you bring to the table? I'm immediately trying to get to the bread, to to the meat and the potatoes. And you forget that I'm human. Right. Mm. And you forget the element that this may be who I am, but you didn't ask me if I'm willing to change. You know what I mean? So if you say, Hey, Jasmine, you look amazing today. Can I take you out to dinner? Mm. or let's get a chance to talk. Let me know where your mind is. When you can, my, my I'm, a, I'm a country girl, right? My grandma said, mm. people will tell you exactly who they are if you just allow them to speak, right? Mm. Grace me the opportunity to show you who I am. We can talk about learning. We can talk about growth because you might find out it's some people that are like, I like exactly who I am and I ain't going to change for nobody. But then you got people who are like, no, if it's going to make me better, allow myself the opportunity to make me better. And I think just saying, what do you bring to the table? It doesn't, it doesn't give room for error or growth, which at the same time, it's if, if you ask me that question, I'm going to ex you mm. because you're just going to accept me today and not want better for me
3: as my partner.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> I think for me, I just, it just feels lazy. <clears throat> I think that's what bothers me the most about it. Cause I feel that like, as you get to know people, And as you build relationships with them, like you start to see the kind of people that they are, you know, like seeing their habits, seeing how they interact in different spaces. I feel like there's so many different things that you can do to get to learn someone and get to know who they are in a space where you can then assess if this is a good fit for you, Mm. if we work well together. Like, I just think that there's so much, it almost feels like kind of like a sales pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me give me X, Y, and Z about what it is that you can do for me or why this is worth my time and I, I guess like at, in this at its essence like I get what you're saying too Jess, like you want to you don't want to waste your time you mm. know I guess like you know people are feeling like they've gone on these horrible dates or they've been in these poor relationships and so it's like I ain't got time to waste like you know clock's ticking. Mm. but I just think that there are more effective ways to get that same information without it being so like cut and dry, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like, cause I don't have a problem necessarily with wanting to know if this is a beneficial relationship for both of us or if this is, if I'm a good fit for you, if there's anything that I can help you with, you know, like, I don't mind that, but just coming in it like that is kind of like you, like you coming in real hot, you know? Absolutely. So that's why it personally, like the, I, I think really, it, the phrase of it is the yeah. problem and then just the, the scenarios in which it's presented like i'm on a date and i'm talking to you and you're like okay so what you bring to the table Like air because i'm about to go you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to nothing else you know so that's that's you. why it, it bothers you. me
0: you know? yeah <clears throat> so i think one of the things that men do want to have happen is be able to express uh, how they feel about the person and what they're looking for and to find out what you actually offer. Cause at the end of the day, I do want to know what you bring to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I might not use the word table, but I am going to ask, what do you bring to the relationship? And so one one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you guys is, is, is it okay for a man to approach you? And if he does, how should it be done? 'Cause right now one of the biggest problems is high crime rate is when a man is approaching a woman at a gas station. So you can't do oh, that.
2: Yes.
0: Right? So so how, how how does this happen? Does it have to be just I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to see how that works. Your thoughts.
3: Mm-hmm. I can give an a, a recent experience actually. Okay. It worked out well. So I went to I went out to a concert and I went to the concert like on my own. I was just like, you know single I'm just going to go to this concert because I want to go and so I was kind of there just to enjoy myself like I wasn't really you know looking for anybody like I just wanted to be in the space and so there was a young man that I met while I was out there and we kind of like we just in like the same vicinity you know like we were standing in the same spot and so you know I introduced we I don't remember who started at first but we like introduced ourselves to one another and we started talking And so from that, those conversations, you know, here and there in between songs, because I wasn't going to miss the concert, y'all. But, you know, after we had those conversations, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm really like enjoying this. We can, you know, go out from here. And so we went to like a restaurant that was in the area and we hung out and we had a good conversation. (laughs) And so it kind of ended up being almost like, you know, like an impromptu date and it was fun, you know, like I had a good time. And so, I felt like in that scenario um, I didn't feel like pressured or threatened or um, uncomfortable. And I think that for me, it, he kind of like, I could tell that we were both, um, you know, interested to a certain extent, but he kind of allowed me to be the one to say it, which I thought was pretty cool. And so I was like, um, you want to, you want to walk into my car, you know, like asking a little stuff like that. And so he was like, yeah, well, your car." and then we ended up going. So it kind of like, gave me like the space to um, show that I was interested as opposed to like it kind of being like forced on me. So yeah. that was a cool experience. Cause I've had some where it was like, absolutely not, but that's good. yeah,
0: that's sounds great. That's great. So I just got to go to a concert.
3: <laughs> yeah. Stand really next so to somebody. To okay. And then, okay. yeah. All right.
0: All right. I'll be at the concert. Uh, all right. I'll <laughs> yeah. let <at> your boy. <laughs> let, let, let
3: her, let her, let her ask, you know, walk into my car and be like, all right, let's go. I'm not asking about walk Just do it. No, I, You know, we had that, we had that conversation that night. And I think one of the things that he said to me, which I felt like kind of gave me some insight into like how men feel is that he's like, he just feels um, really uncomfortable, like kind of like imposing, I guess. So like he could feel that I was interested, but he didn't want to assume. And so I guess for me, like taking the initiative because I wanted to, have company i wanted him to be you know keep me company walking to my car and like kind of like taking that step it was almost like a like a back and forth you know and not necessarily like me being the uh um, aggressor you know so it didn't feel like i i didn't feel like it was like emasculating or nothing like that you know i'm not saying that's what you're saying but yeah, you know that's yeah, what yeah. people will say sometimes so it it kind she of like be. you know th- through the that's assist through the assist you know, <laughs> I get it, and then, yeah, and that's personally yeah. something I have to work
2: on. um so i have I've I have two perspectives on that, right? I had a situation where I was at a gas station in North Carolina, um and a guy tried to ask me out at the gas station um and 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 first, he complimented me, which the w- the way I was raised, I'm always accepting and appreciative of any kind com- of, of any type of compliment. and you're absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. you have the most the brightest smile ever. I really, really appreciate it. It's bright. You know, oh, well, you know, when you brush your teeth, eh, nah. <laughs> but, um, but then when he was like, you know, can I take you out to dinner? I was like, no, I'm, I'm unavailable. And when you can't accept, no, it really got to the point where I was, I was shot at, at a gas station, um, because you, and, and, but that's what's happening now, day and age. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to have the confidence to say, and, and it's a double sided it's a double sided thing because as women, we also have to be respectful. And I think that's where, that's where we have to be from women, accept the compliment. Don't assume everybody wants you and being able to say no if you truly feel no. And then on the male side is if she says no, or she's not interested, just move along. Right. So personally, there's not a time because you can't really be like only talk to me between the hours of nine and five. You know what I mean? You can't say that. But what you can do is be kind, courteous and respectful on both spectrums at any given side. And if the person is rude, then that lets you know that either you're wasting your time or as a man, if that's how she responded to it, she's not the one for me anyway. And you're not wasting no time. Good. That's
0: good.
1: Well, for me, the saving grace is to say that I'm married. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so when a guy and they still approach, um, you know, you say, uh, you know, they talk to me and he me out or something or say something nice, thank you, I'm married. You know, for some, it's helpful. For some, they don't care if you're married. They're, they're still trying to push. They're um, from the streets. They're yeah. from the streets. So they're still pushed. <laughs> but my thing is also, if I, if you're asking me out, if you're saying I'm beautiful, thank you so much, I, you know, I accept the compliment. But then, If you feel rejected, this is where the mental health stuff come in. We have to deal with the root of why you're responding in a way that's threatening to a woman, right? So if a woman says no and you start calling her bees and you start calling out her names, of course, that's an issue with you. But why is that? So why are you doing that? Why are you feeling the need to call her out of her name? And a lot of times it's because we're dealing with rejection issues or mama trauma, right? Mm -hmm. It's something there that's unresolved because now you did this. Now I'm triggered. I know we use that loosely. So I'm going to respond to you this way. I mean, it's people like, They're not, they're just simply saying, no, they're being kind. They're doing all those things and they're still getting attacked by men. So, you know, it's learning how to accept it. Like you said, not look at it like a threat or as a rejection and then keep moving.
0: Mm. Yeah. I I would say this. I think for a lot of men, it's not necessarily their mother. I think it's other men teaching them how to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I find interesting is that Nobody wants mm-hmm. to be honest about the fact that men have never been taught how to self-regulate emotions. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're not emotionally mm-hmm. aware, right? And then on top of that, they don't know how to diffuse conflict. Mm-hmm. They are taught to always thrive in conflict. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me no, I'm supposed to fight you. Yeah. I'm supposed to cuss you out. I'm supposed to because that's our default button. Violence, mm-hmm. anger is our default button. Our default button is not mm-hmm. to be gracious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our default button is not wrong. Oh, okay, you know, I tell I tell men all the time. The smoothest thing to ever do when you're rejected is say what I did wrong. Mm. I said that to my, I told my boy that now, of course, he did it right at the same moment. The girl's like, no, no, thank you. She didn't have a boyfriend. He said, well, he said, you know what? My my mentor said that I might have not got your number because I did something wrong. Could you tell me what I did wrong? So if I ever get a chance to meet a beautiful woman like you again, I'll do it the right way. She's like, you ain't got nothing to worry about, Going, on, me. <laughs> <laughs> that part. But he didn't expect her to give a number. He was dead serious about what he just said. Because mm-hmm. he was like, eh, it is what it is, but she asked. And, and, and let me give more context. He saw her again. Mm-hmm. So she said it right there. He said that line right there. And she said, no, she kept moving. Then they saw each other again in another place, and he was hanging out with people she knew. She was like, remember you was at the gas? And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." And he was like, yeah, I was dead. She was like, you were serious? He was like, yeah, I was dead serious. He's like... Yeah, Say, man, I've been struggling trying to get to meet somebody and literally, boom, bam, that happened. And so I say that because there are a lot of times that men are really struggling with trying to figure out how to care for somebody. But that is the part that they uh, don't get to have happen. Uh, And so let me ask you this question right here. Um, Oh, this is a tough one. Because you get mad at this question. I've asked you on several lives and you always get mad, but I'm going to ask it again. How much does a man need to make to be with you? And I know you get mad when I say that, but I'm only doing it because we're having this conversation, everybody. (laughs) But, but seriously, uh, cause y'all were joking about the 10% earlier, Mm -hmm. right? 90% of men make less than $38,000 a year. And then those that make above that, you know what I'm saying? They either married or they're not the faithful kind, right? Or uh, you just haven't met them yet. There's, does his income matter that much?
2: In the, it for me it's a yes and a no. Right. Um, when I met my ex husband, he was making forty thousand dollars a year. Right. Sometimes, if as long as 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 women were natural supporters and nurturers, right. So as a man with a vision, you tell me what your vision is, and as your wife, as your partner, as your as your greatest supporter, we're going to execute this together. I'm going to help you get there right so when you as long as the man has a vision has that drive has that ambition and and that's his passion if this is where we're starting from and i know you're my person and we're choosing to do this together we're, we're, it doesn't matter where you start because where i'm going to get you to as a woman is something completely mm. different right now that's not to say that you can be like hey you know i'm i'm the little bell boy at sonic you know <laughs> what i'm saying and my aspiration is just to be a manager right for for some women that may be okay, and I think people have to stop villainizing the person that just wants to be a manager, right? The job is not for you to change your dream if that's your dream, if that's what the, if, if that's if if you know the possibilities of where you can go, ownership, um, I can be an entrepreneur, I can own branches, I can own several locations. Some people don't want to get into all of that. So if you're like I'm, good just making fifty thousand dollars a year, there is somebody out there who sharing that dream and if you're not there will help you get to where that is because that's where you want to be. Mm. So it's not about what's acceptable for the masses it's what's acceptable for your person. That's not acceptable for me because we're, mm. we're going to own some change. We're going to get some passive income. We're going to try to get a store for each one of the kids so we got something to pass mm. down. We're going to build some generational wealth sometime. Let's get some apartment buildings. Let's do this. Let's mm. do that. Let's expand so that way in our, in, our, in, our, in our years down the road, we can enjoy each other and enjoy the time that we have left. Because we're not here to work till we die, mm. that's not what we're here for. Mm. We're here to accumulate wealth so that we can enjoy the fruits of our labor. And, some, and and the bigger portion of that is to make sure that our offsets, our children, and our grandkids start at a different position in life than where we started. Yeah, mm. you know what I'm saying? So that's where that lies for me. So if you're saying, Jazz, I make 50,000, but listen, I know I'm a little bougie, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. It is what it is, I own it, right? I understand. I really like you. We're a great fit. We match. This is where I want to be. This is this is where I see us as a family, right? This is where I see us going. This is where my this is where I want my personal growth to go. Let's sit down and have that conversation. Absolutely. Mm. I'm not gonna say no because you make 50K. You could be the best person in the world. And because you make 50K, I'm gonna kick you out of my life.
0: Oh. That's a tough statement because now this is where i probably be the bad guy. I think a lot of women live in fantasy land. Absolutely. If 90% of men are not making over 50k, you most likely you're you have a 10% chance. Like and in that 10% chance, you really got a 5% chance because 5% of them are already married. Okay. So in a 5% chance, you're trying to find somebody that will meet your financial goal and you're not even guaranteed after they get the money that they're going to have it because mm-hmm. something can go wrong in the marriage. Mm-hmm. So are you are you on the same perspective of he has to make a certain amount or are you diverse in that type of relationship where you mm-hmm. like, as long as he's working hard.
3: No, I'm diverse in that aspect. I've never really had a number. Um, I mean, and I've I've had my own like, you know, challenges when it comes to finances and how I, you know, my relationship with money and all that stuff. And so that may be part of where that comes from for me. But I've always felt like I I can just see by the way that people move and their character what like what kind of person they can be. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's so many stories of people who started out with nothing and have built something because they had that that work ethic and they had that drive to Absolutely. do it, and so for me, I, it's hard for me to see where someone is, and and then also see that coupled with a, a mentality and a and a lifestyle where they are actively working for more, and 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 judge them at that place, you mm. know. And so I've never I've never really been able to engage with those conversations about he has to make this much or have this kind of job. Because uh, it, it is weird it's to weird me to and me. I've never really, like, I've never asked those questions personally. Mm-hmm. Like, any, if i ever known a man's salary, it's because he volunteered that information. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and that's how I learned, you know, like, oh, that's what that kind of job does or, you know, that position. Uh, like, yep, they, yep. sometimes they'll like, you know, they'll just throw that in there. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's mm-hmm. cool. But I'm still watching you. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't change the fact that I'm still want to see if you were a good fit for me. And I mean, to be real, like there's some people who, I mean, I'm not saying they were millionaires, but I know they made good money and I still wasn't interested. You know, it's like, I don't, you're not a good fit for me and that's all right, but I'm going to go ahead and let you be and, you know, go ahead and find the person that I know...